Is that a machete in your pocket, sir, or are you just happy to see me? I'm just saying, why wouldn't you check the back seat? I'm just not here for it. I kind of enjoyed the axe to the face. Ooh, hey there, Mr. Monster. So, chill or kill? Welcome back to another exciting episode of Netflix and Kill. I'm looking at the beautiful, beautiful Midnight Werewolf, but it's not midnight. Mm -mm. It is early fuck, and my cats are killing each other. That is not me (laughs) in the background. Uh, (laughs) What if it was? What are your children doing? I don't know. They're they're really working through some things. Um, Kenny was uh, over here last night, and we were watching uh, today's Netflix and Kill, actually. And my cats just, like, had a moment. Like, they always get along really well. And I think one got cornered or something. And we just just really have a lot of um, socio-emotional issues happening Mm -hmm. here in this home today so if you hear my cats trying to destroy each other it's fine you know it's just atmosphere yeah you know so how are you how are you this fine morning i am with your baseball cap on listen i have to say you're looking particularly uh heteronormative today (laughs) you know sometimes i have to blend into society you know that's how you get the heteros you know pretend to be a hetero and then once they come at you you know, you swing that purse <laughs> just right upside the head. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how hetero you are out there in the world. Because last night, you you had your strut on when we went to Sheets for our snacks. We did. So we, we went did. to Sheets last night. We were in a whole mood last night, y'all. So we picked this film. We were like, you know what? It is Friday night. Uh, we s- seem to have it's a Friday night, and film. we're feeling right. <laughs> Feeling right, feeling tight, uh, always. Always. <laughs> and so we decided let's let's hit up the sheets. So we go to the sheets, get us some snacks. For those Kate, of you who don't know, or those of you who are uh, outside the U.S. or East Coast, Sheets is a gas station. Yes. So we went to the local petrol station. Yes. <laughs> For some petrol. Uh, to get some snacks. I got some delicious, uh, not gummy bears, not gummy worms, but gummy butterflies. Mm, mm-hmm. A nice Hershey's uh, gold and uh, some really hot um, ghost pepper chips, the little packy chips. I got mm. those. I had one. <laughs> I had a single... Money well spent. A single chip. So we went there, uh, and then Katie was like, "I don't see anything." So then we decided, "Let's." And it was my idea to go get snacks. I was, I was really just very indecisive. So anyway, she ended up not normative, normal for me at all. Yeah. Anyway, she ended up with a uh, large fry from McDonald's. And you know what? I only ate like a quarter of it. Ridiculous. (laughs) I didn't want to tell you, so I just wrapped it up. And then when we got back, you know what I really wanted? An apple turnover. From the McDonald's. From McDonald's. And we were there, and I, I said... I looked you know, at those turnovers, too, and I thought about it, and I was know? like, mm, maybe not. Mm-hmm. 
considering I already have all of this other massive amounts of junk that I just purchased. That's true. So uh, we got back home and we watched The, the Babysitter, Babysitter from 2017. Now this film, what is there to say? <laughs> uh, well, let's get into let's get into some facts. Okay. Yeah, set the scene. Tell us tell us who made this. Okay, here, and, and this, I will on this, this. day. <laughs> Twenty seventeen is when it was made. It is an American teen teen horror comedy. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it is directed by uh according to Wikipedia, uh MCG. And the fucking no, I think it's supposed to be McG, but McG? I appreciate that you didn't let them have that. Like <laughs> I appreciate that you took it away because it's stupid. Um <laughs> Is no, it really? also is it? according to yeah, I think it's supposed to be McG, like McDonald's or like McDowd or that like whatever. Is so ridiculous. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be McD or McG. McG. Um, it's also at the ending credits, like right after the film ends, like it comes up in big red letters on the screen that it's directed by McG. So I think McG oh, has yeah. a little bit of a McAdams. Well, we're gonna say and a McEgo. That reminds me though. Well, actually, one time in um in high school. For history class, we had to do this uh, like film presentation, and I did a very, very uh, controversial film on uh, race relations in the South, right? Because mm. you know I have to be a fucking edgelord about life. So, but it was good, right? So, um, I uh, did that, and then I thought it would be this is like some stupid bullshit, like ninth grade humor. I thought it would be really funny. Because I was um, really into that movie, uh, Superstar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you were. I was really into that. Uh, I thought that was fucking hilarious. And I still do. It's pretty funny. Um, and I credited, like, I made fake credits for the movie. And then my history teacher, like, wanted to turn it off. And I was like, no, we have to keep it on for the credit. Like, this is really important. And, like, She's just like-, like in Superstar, they credit, like, Walter P. McTitties. So I put that in my credits. You did And then I held the entire class hostage because I thought it was going to be fucking hilarious. (laughs) And my history teacher was just so underwhelmed. So you literally put Walter P. McTitties? Yeah, I credited Walter P. McTitties. And then some other made-up names. It was pretty funny. Um, If I had been in that class, I would have laughed. 100%. I would have laughed. I knew you would have backed me up. So yes, I I did just do a quick oh uh, god link and to find out who McG is. Yeah, it is. So his name is Joseph. Wow. Uh, Nickel. Joseph What's that middle name though? McGinty. McGinty. Is that Nickel. Irish? I don't know. Sounds Irish. I don't think so. That most definitely wasn't. Um, whenever <laughs> I try to do your Irish thing, your Irish, I always sound like I I'm from like fucking Jersey. Jersey. Yeah. Like it's Jersey like, is a common theme here on this show. It dips right down into that. Jersey he was born accent. on August 9th, so he's a Leo. So that's probably why. Uh, yeah, makes sense now. Mc, on McGinty. Wow. Yeah. Also, he looks exactly like you would think somebody named McGinty would uh, would look. Possibly. We say. With love. They're probably tired of us talking about this McG, but I mean, honestly, this is improv here. <laughs> this is the unedited show, so that's what you get. Exactly. Um, so yeah. it was also written by Brian Duffield. 
And it stars uh, Samara Weaving, Judah Lewis, Hannah May. Oh my God, hang on. Wait, sorry. I know you're like giving us information about the um, fucking movie. But in 1995, apparently, McGee, I refuse, McGinty, uh, (laughs) I protest, (laughs) produced Sugar Ray's first album. You remember that band, Sugar Ray? Yeah. Someday when my life has passed me by. Those people? Makes sense. Apparently he co-wrote several songs on their second uh, album, including Fly. All right. He also directed okay. Smash Mouth's all-star music video. What the fuck? And did some documentaries on corn. That actually, that actually. Corn made- and sugar, right? <laughs> Interesting. Sugar corn. Dichotomy. <laughs> Sweet corn. McGinty is, a, is a, uh, an enigma. <laughs> no, that actually makes sense now that you connect those two because that video and this um, have a lot of uh, uh, similar themes. Yeah, except that video is good. Uh, well, don't give it all away, the- Katie. <laughs> <laughs> right up top. Damn. All right. Well, stay spooky. <laughs> <laughs> stay spooky, fuckers. Anyway, <laughs> and it also stars uh, Robbie Amell and uh, Bella Thorne. Yeah. Uh, it was released by Netflix on October 13th, 2017, and received positive reviews from critics, apparently. Hmm. So why don't you get into a little bit of the plot for us, Katie? A non-spoiler plot. I like my milk non-spoiled. Yeah, so um, the film starts out with this uh, 12-year-old kid. His name is Cole Johnson, and he's... Uh, the quintessential um, nerd. Dare I say it, the heavy-handed stereotypical nerd. Um, And he is being bullied. Like, we see him interacting with a nurse who's going to give him a shot, and he's, like, all freaked out over needles and super scared. We see him interact with some bullies that he's super scared of. We see him trying to learn how to drive with his dad, but he's too scared to move the car. Basically, his main character trait at the beginning of the film is fear. He's just scared of everything and Mm -hmm. kind of presented as a goody two-shoes. And then he has this hot-ass babysitter, um, and she is played by... Is that Samara? Samara Weaving? I believe so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so uh, she is played by Miss Weaving. Um, she's smoking hot, and her fucking wardrobe is awesome. Um, and she's kind of his only friend. Um, well, he has a little uh, girl his age that is also his friend, but his babysitter is, like, probably the person that he's closest to. They mm-hmm. hang out all the time. And his parents are, like, working through some weird shit. Like, at certain points, it was, like... We were worried about them getting divorced, but then at other points, they were, like, going to rent a hotel room to go fuck. Like, I don't really know what the deal was. Um, and there was this running joke that his, Cole's little girlfriend um, had said something about, like, that his babysitter would have um, orgies after he went to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was hoping we would tie that back into the parents going to not rent a hotel room at the Hyatt, like they said, but going to an orgy. Like, I was hoping in the credits I was really going to get, like, a sneak peek at the parents Mm -hmm. going to this fucking orgy. But unfortunately, that would be too much uh, detail, closure, full circle, self-referential, in a way that makes sense type type of move. Yeah, no. Instead, we got them uh, in a hotel room. She's reading a book, and he's reading a paper, and she's uh, giving him a handjob. A very lazy, boring... 
very dry hand job. Yeah, it. I mean, it was just weird. It was. It was very odd. So, um. But she's his babysitter is sort of like this, like almost like a not protector, like a protector. He's she's someone that he looks up to. Mm-hmm. Um, she is sort of like a mentor to him. Yeah, kind of. She gives him advice and just sort of is always there and kind of looks after him and is seen as like his protector. Yes, and her name is B. B. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, they are. Um, Hanging out, whatever. His parents have gone to a hotel room for the weekend to give lazy hand jobs, and Cole goes to sleep. Um, she like lets him have a shot of alcohol or whatever, but he doesn't drink it. He pours it into a plant because he's scared of that too. Um, and she puts him to bed. He goes to sleep, and then he sneaks out because his friend has been, you know, asking and putting kind of the question in his head of like, you know, what does B do after you go to bed? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, does she have orgies or is it some kind of crazy thing? So I he bet sneaks- she has these orgies, and I bet she like is fucking all these guys, and she's having all this fun. And he's like, I want a part of that. What's True. going on for real? I want to see me what that is. What is an orgy? I'm 12. I have hormones. So. <laughs> Anyway, he sneaks downstairs to spy on her, and she has a bunch of friends over. Now, this fucking friend group. is so odd, right? It's like, here's the, and what I hate about it is that, like, okay, I actually really love, I love things like Scream, where you have specific personalities that were specifically chosen to be in the film because they represent traditional film like horror film teen slasher tropes right like i love that i'm about that i don't mind that it is like i don't mind movies that clearly have plot devices like the parents have to go to a hotel room so that they're out of the way right like i don't i don't mind transparent plot devices if what we're doing is examining the concept of the teen slasher Right. Mm -hmm. In a way that is entertaining, that is funny, maybe um, that is engaging, that brings something new to the table. Yes. But this was just like literally we just pulled tropes and smashed them in a room together. And we didn't even fucking like we half heartedly bullshit explained why they were there and then didn't bring anything new to the table either. Mm -hmm. Continuing with my plot summary and not evaluation of the film. uh, (laughs) Cole uh, quickly finds out that the babysitter uh, potentially has some dark secrets that she's hiding. Um, and who could have ever guessed that the name B is a reference to Beelzebub? Actually, I didn't get that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't get that. It was, it was really lame. It was really fucking bullshit. Really? So, is that a thing? Was that a thing? I think it. I think it's supposed to be a thing. I think it's a it's a McGinty thing like you know what i mean i think it was supposed to be a, a fucking bullshit thing so anyway um spoiler alert she's a satanist kind of apparently <laughs> a- apparently supposedly uh and you know her secret, allegedly yeah <laughs> allegedly uh her secret is that she is um She's doing, like, these human sacrifices. And the reason that those trope people are there is because they're going to do this blood sacrifice. And then they're going to get, you know, whatever it is that their wildest fucking dreams are. Or some bullshit like that. And she actually, like, uses coal. The alcohol that she gave him was poisoned so that he would... Or not poisoned, but uh, she put sleeping pills in it so that he would sleep. So that she could steal his blood intravenously. And apparently she's been doing it for years. 
Because he has the blood of the innocent because he's a super of nice kid. Yeah. Super really nice, very, very innocent kid. So that's why she keeps him around. That's why she's yes. seen as a protector to him. So from there, uh, Cole has to face his fears and defeat his evil Satanist babysitter amid emotional anguish because she is his only protector. And that's the film. Wow, Katie, I really hope uh, you really just invigorated our listeners <laughs> with, with that review. Here's the thing about this fucking movie. About 15 minutes. In, so when we first started watching it, I was like, okay, this is a little heavy handed. Like the cuts in this are a little heavy handed. Kenny pointed out that there's this weird thing. It's a it's a stylized thing, which I'm fine with. I fucking like stylized shit. Like I I have fucking spent massive amounts of time studying like Russian constructivism and shit like that that is literally all stylized I do not mind stylized devices in films that sort of um divorce it from realism but this was like a weird thing where you know if two main characters are having a conversation like everything around them looks like it has photoshop's Gaussian blur turned up to like 12 and like they're moving in slow-mo yeah which was very like odd it was just weird it's like a it's like ooh, i know this trick so i'm going to use it i was like well i just bought this photoshop subscription and i'm gonna (laughs) get my money out of it and they changed it to a monthly payment plan and i'm mad about it so Mm -hmm. we're gonna use it on this fucking film Mm -hmm. but actually that would be more adobe after effects (laughs) adobe after effects not photoshop so anyway um you know, despite that, in the beginning, I was like, okay, this could be fine. Like, you know, we, you know, we're doing a Friday night and chilling, like having our fucking snacks. Like, this could be like a, a popcorn type movie. Like, we're going to, we're going to have an okay time. Like, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun romp. Mm-hmm. Because it was credited on Netflix, um, or it was categorized on Netflix as a satanic teen horror comedy. Right? Down. Great. A hundred percent. So I'm like, okay, I'm with it. And then, you know, he's being bullied and the babysitter first shows up. She's smoking hot. Her hair is amazing. Like, it's incredible. And I was like, all right, sure. Like, hell yeah, girl. Thanks to Satan. It was all all for Satan. Satan got that Pantene popping. So (laughs) (laughs) no, actually, Pantene is horrible for your hair. (laughs) Yeah. Coating it. Don't. Yeah. No, it coats it with horrible things. Don't use Pantene. Use Aquanet. (laughs) <laughs> Aquanet's just the way to go tons of Tresemme fuck this ozone we don't need this do you want to live forever no <laughs> my goal is to see exactly how big I can make this hole in the ozone layer mm. before I leave. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway uh, so initially I'm very much on board, right? Uh-huh. Like, she's smoking she hot. Is. She's really fucking cool. Um, she's, like, you know, hitting the tr- cool girl trope a little hard, but, like, we're, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rock with it, roll with it, lean with it. Well, you think it's, like, a, a thing. You know what I mean? It's, like, okay, it's okay if it's heavy-handed. Yeah. If it's, like, intentional in a good way. Right, right. Yes. So that's where we were. And approximately 17 minutes and 36 seconds into the film. 
they're like having it's like this montage where they're having fun she like the parents have left and uh, b is babysitting cole and like they're sitting in the yard and they have a projector up and they're acting out the film like against the projector and it's like cool fun times and we have fun music and they're making dinner um and then came the moment I was done with the film. <laughs> 17 minutes and 36 seconds in. They are having this discussion about, and I forget, do you remember what the premise was? Like, apparently, like, you had to save the world and it was some sort of bad no, guy, I think space it was, demon thing. No, I think it was just like, what is your, they were just throwing out, like, what is your ultimate, like, space fantasy team? Okay. Your um, space fantasy team. And I guess dream it included, team. like, a bad guy. And, right. You know, to whatever. defeat a bad guy. Yeah. And okay. who would your bad guy be and all that right. stuff. Yeah. Well, I don't, no, I don't think they talked about who the bad guy would be. They, but they talked about who their team would be to dismantle said bad guy. So. Oh, well, that kind of yeah. came at the end. Yes. Yeah. That was, uh, was really sophisticated. So anyway, um, then came a piece of script writing that is emblematic of many things that I hate about the cool girl trope in horror. The thing about the cool girl trope in horror is that in order to pull it off effectively, you have to uh, actually fucking know something about like nerd culture and counterculture and shit like that. So B shares with us her dream team, which was Captain Picard. No, was it Kirk first or Picard first? It was Kirk first. Kirk. Captain Kirk. Her number two was Captain Picard. And then she had, who else did she have? Uh, she had, I, I can't remember. But I, I kind of blacked had, out after I that. I know she had Ripley. Yeah, Ripley was number five, though. It was like some bullshit for three, some bullshit for four. Actually, I, mean, I think it was characters that we like, but I blacked out a little bit. I really struggled. Um, and yeah, then Ripley was like at the bottom. And Ripley then like, was five, and then an alien egg was six. And like, she then like outlays this plan where Kirk and Picard would co-captain the ship. And then, like, some bullshit where they, like, three and four would run the egg into the bad guy's lair, and, like, Ripley would just basically just be conflicted and not play a fucking role at all. And then the alien egg would, like, impregnate the bad guy, and as the cherry on top, uh, when Cole asked if... uh, the aliens were female, right? She said, um, no, I think they have dicks. So. The alien eggs, the little alien babies have dicks. So. <laughs> I had to take a break at that point because I fucking hate people who try to write about fucking <laughs> nerd culture who don't understand nerd culture. Like, there's no way Captain Kirk is ever going to co-captain the fucking Enterprise with goddamn anybody. It's a fucking franchise. Have you seen the original series? Have you seen all the fucking movies? He does not motherfucking co-captain. Like, it just doesn't happen. The only time that the Enterprise is being captained by somebody else is if he's incapacitated or if he's on a different world. And usually the only person who's, like, fucking subbing in for him as captain is Spock because Spock is the motherfucking best. And sometimes we see, like, Sulu or whatever. In the later movies we get Captain Sulu, who is a fucking badass. But that's a stupid-ass space team. And literally all they did was just list names out of fucking, like, people that nerds like. 
Like, it was so fucking stupid. Like, you have Kirk on there for the older guys, and then you have Picard on there for the younger guys, so that we can just appeal to both original series and fucking next gen. And it didn't make any fucking sense, and it was really stupid. And it made me really mad, and it made me hate her for the rest of the movie. Like, that was it. There's no fucking coming back. Also, why would you list Ripley as number five on your fucking dream team when she's a fucking badass and could kick Captain Kirk's ass in a fight many times over? And Picard wouldn't fucking fight her because he's too much of a fucking intelligent human fucking being. I feel like you... Okay. Neither (laughs) would Ripley ever fucking take an alien egg. Like, she would never be on board with taking an alien egg into, like... Any anywhere, no matter how bad the fucking big bad is, she's not going to unleash the fucking alien race on humanity because her whole fucking purpose as a character is to decimate them. Right. <laughs> Are you okay? I just hate when people fucking like it. You can tell if you are manipulating a culture in a screenplay and you don't know shit about it. Sugar Ray. Like <laughs> y'all in on this shit too. No. But Mick y- G. <laughs> you you can tell if you don't know. Actually, I think we might have to blame Brian Duffield for that because he's oh, the one possibly. who wrote that piece of shit. Like <laughs> so you can tell if somebody is clearly just trying to manipulate a culture through a screenplay and they actually are not a member of that fucking culture. I love when, you know, we have films where, you know, we have a character who's really into nerd culture or we have somebody, Scream is a perfect fucking example. You have Randy. Mm -hmm. Randy knows his fucking shit because the person who wrote Randy knew their fucking shit. Right. Or at least did the research to know their fucking shit. Right. But I have a feeling that because Randy has written so well, like it comes from a lifetime of just being being submerged in horror. (laughs) Right, exactly. Which is great. Like, don't... you. My biggest thing is, like, tell the story that you have. Right? Right. If you're not, like, in... If you're not submerged in nerd culture and it's not a thing... And this isn't even really nerd culture. Like, it's just fucking pop culture. Yeah. Honestly. Um, But... If, if you, that's not your thing, if you're not submerged in that, if you're not, like, the person who talks about that shit all the time with their friends, like me, <laughs> um, and, you know, watches Next Gen and watches TOS and, like, watches Alien and Aliens. Um, happy belated Alien Day to everyone, by the way. 426, never, never forget. Um, then don't write that story. Write the story that you fucking have. Write a story about fucking Sugar Ray. Like, (laughs) in a horror movie. That would be great. Like, Sugar Ray versus Corn. Write that fucking story. Like, don't take elements of a culture and, like, package it in some bullshit, like, chintzy thing and, like, throw it into a movie so that we're supposed to think that this girl is some kind of, like, awesome hot nerd girl. Like, fuck that. I would uh, like you to know you have been ranting for the past seven minutes and 15 seconds. <laughs> it's kind of like your Lady Gaga thing. But but no, I just feel like we see this so many times in these subpar horror movies where people are focused on writing a generalized story that's supposed to appeal to a generalized population. And it's not their truth. It's not their story. Okay. And so it rings so false. 
And at that moment, Katie was done with the film. I was. At that moment, so, I literally paused the film and I looked at Kenny and I was speechless. She didn't even say anything. Speechless. She, she looked right at me and gave me like the ultimate fucking death stare. And me, I don't know shit about this stuff. So I'm just like, what? Like, obviously something is wrong. I don't know what the fuck it is, but okay. Um, I just, I, I was kind of afraid for my life. I just have moment. to say, everybody knows that number two, always, always fucking Will Riker. Okay. That's it. Maybe you should move <laughs> us along because I could I'm literally rant about this for an hour and a I'm half. I'm going to move us along. All right. So, uh, for me personally, I thought that it was, well, I don't know. Let's, or do you want to go ahead and get into the chill or kill portion? I mean, I should think <laughs> that it is obvious. Uh, maybe you should go first. Is it, are you going to chill? Or are you going to kill? Well, first of all, let me just say that this is just one of those films that I'm kind of like, um, it, I'm, I'm just a little bit confused about because, uh, as I'm reading and researching, um, a little bit on the film, uh, like it, I'm, I'm looking at like, why does it have so many like positive reviews? It's got like 70% on the tomato meter. Um, apparently it was on the 2014 blacklist of the, uh, best unproduced scripts in Hollywood. Uh, Suck I, my fucking ass is what I have to say to that. Yeah. Fuck that script. Come uh, find me, Brian Duffield. Let's fucking fight. Yes. I want to hear your fucking space dream team. Yes. So on op- on both sides, uh, so we have someone who says that um, what a fun movie. The babysitter exploits its elements with such wit that even with its cliches, it never manages to be boring. Exploits is all I heard there. <laughs> And then on the opposite side, we have uh, the babysitter is the same tired tropes wrapped up in an overwhelmingly sexist package. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I guess I could see sexism from or, the okay. from the standpoint of the character B is like everything that men who don't sleep with women, and I'm not talking about gay men. Bless you all, but like. Straight men who never sleep with women, it she's like everything they want. She's like super hot. She's got huge blonde hair. It's super curly always. It's beautiful. She's got these fucking barrel curls. Even after she jumps in the fucking pool, like her hair is perma perfect. She's got big doe, like big blue doe eyes. She's got like massive lip. I mean, she's a beautiful woman. I'm not like, I'm not coming down on her for being gorgeous. Like she's super smoking hot. But like... Then she also is supposed to be this, like, nerd, but it's, like, a fake nerd because she's not even really that intelligent about what she's talking about. Please don't go and, down that road again. <laughs> and But, no, she's, like, super sexy, super, like, warm, super inviting, but also has this intrigue, and she just really doesn't... We don't get any of her character actually being a fucking person. She's just, like, this hot shell who spews forth this trivia knowledge, like, designed to get men's dicks hard, and... That's it. Like, that's it. We don't really get to see her motivation. We don't understand if there's, like, another level. It's almost hinted at that there's another level of why she protects Cole other than just to get what she needs. Like, that maybe she does kind of care for him in some sort of, like, weird maternal way or best friend way, but also is exploiting him. Like, there's just so much that could have been done there that I feel like was not. And so I could see from that angle calling the movie sexist because she's not really allowed to have her own character. 
Well, there and there wasn't really any character growth no. there either. Like no. she was very just very linear, very one note. Like this is who she is. Like when you see her um at the start, like that's kind of who she is. Right. And like I'm completely fine with playing that like you know, bad girl, like, fucking... Because when, when she first came on the film, I was like, okay, she's giving me, like, final girl vibes. 100%. Um, But then, like, there was nothing really there to support that, or at least what was there was hollow. Yeah, it was totally... that. That's the word that I think I would use to describe that character, and really the film as a whole is hollow. Like... And that's so, it's so, it's such a common thing with that character trope of like the, not necessarily the final girl, but like the, the hot girl who is also cool girl. Yeah. The hot cool who girl. Who maybe sometimes engages in anal sex. Like, you know, <laughs> like. Maybe sometimes. <laughs> there's engages. such a, like, there's such a, or it will let you hit it from the back. Like that, that type of character is so like. Again, I just come back to it's like a straight man who never sleep, who's never been with a woman, like what he imagines that a cool hot girl would be like. Yeah, exactly. not what an actual woman is like. Yeah, I get that. So I think it's needless to say uh, I'm gonna fucking kill it. I'm gonna ritualistically kill this film, and uh, and that's that. I just think that for me. Um, again, I'm not as upset about the, the, the nerd references as you are, but I can relate to what you, uh, to what you were saying. It kind of reminds me of, um, a few months ago when they, they were doing all of the press for, um, Halloween and Jamie Lee Curtis was in that interview and the interview person asked them, um, about the hockey mask mm-hmm. and like, I was offended. I was, that was I was like offended. No shade to Jason, Danielle. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I get what you're coming from. Yeah. So it's I mean, just like, like, know your let's shit. Not, yeah. Yeah. Know your shit. Um, Don't just take names that are, that like appeal to segments of the population and just use them completely fucking out of context. Yes. Um, I didn't think that the kills were that great. No. Either. The, the um, thing is with the movies like this where they're where the story is kind of like, okay, yeah, like very outside of the realm of realism, not that I'm any proponent of realism, I'm not, but like where your plot is kind of like strung together a little bit, like your plot is a device just to kind of like get you to certain like scenes that you want to show, kind of like the movie we watched last week, I was Stitches, say, Stitches, right? The plot of Stitches is, like, totally ridiculous, right? Like, this fucking clown comes in, he dies at this kid's party, and then this kid magically happens to see this secret clown meeting in this weird castle that just happens to be by the cemetery that just happens to be in eyeshot of his fucking treehouse. Like, it's all strung together so that you can see... Um, you know, the, the ridiculous kills or the ridiculous scenes or the funny scenes or whatever. But the meat is actually, like the scenes like the the clowning that's happening the kills that happen the ridiculous horror fantasy but this was kind of like a strung together plot but then you get to the kills and it's just like eh. yeah the kills weren't that great so i mean like you said at least give me if you're not going to have a plot or a storyline that's really worth anything then give me you know at least a good kill and there really wasn't um there wasn't even really like good um 
uh, like music in it. Like nothing really stood out as like, okay, this could be kind of, you know, badass. I always look like if you're going to have a fucking badass chick, like I need some badass fucking music or something. For sure. Um, they did like a couple of cool things like Katie mentioned with, you know, the background sometimes like they'd be the two kids would be on the bus and I mean, you know, is the that kids cool, would be though? moving around. It would have been if it was a good film, if it was <laughs> written well. Um, but um, I mean, visually, I was like, OK, this is I like this. Um, I also liked sometimes they would like superimpose um, like text um, over something. So like if he picked up a. um like, I think at one point he picked up a, uh, uh, a pocket knife or something. Yeah. And it was just like, the pocket knife, bam. And I was like, okay, I can get with that. But for me, it just tried too hard to be that film that's like, right. that's like quirky and self-referential without being, without there being like anything to it. Can you think of a film, because when that, when the pocket knife uh, situation specifically happened, like, I feel like. I feel like I remembered a film where they did that and it was actually really effective. Like, it seemed <laughs> similar to me. It didn't seem like anything new. Um, no, I'm not saying it seemed like anything new, but like... They were trying something. But I'm, trying but something. I, again, I kind of view that as... I wish I could think of the film that I had seen that in. If any of you uh, listeners can think of it, like a film where as the plot happens, like text comes up on the stream on the screen to kind of like underscore what's happening. Like if a main character picks up a weapon, like the text comes up on the screen or if we meet a character, the text comes up on the screen. Um, well, it's kind of like, like um, the first thing that comes to mind is like kill bill. Like when you meet the character, yeah. okay. like, like yeah. when you meet the character, it's like, you know, um, you know, Black Mamba, bam, yeah. or this. I that I think like that's exactly what I'm remembering. Yeah, yeah, like where it stops the film mm-hmm. and like you have a moment and then move forward. Yeah. And now that I think about it, I could see someone like McGee really liking Tarantino right. films and right. trying to incorporate that into exactly. This. So I mean, I I kind of see that as another element that we just plucked from something else and dropped into this movie to make it cool, but it, it's not really integrated because yeah. the first time that happens is literally like forty. 40 minutes into the movie? 45 minutes into the movie? Well, they do it for, um... Like, they, they do definitely it to introduce don't... each character. Oh, did they? Yeah. Okay, They do it Somehow to introduce each character. Maybe Every character that was introduced face. had their, like, moment to sort of, like, set them apart as, like, oh, this is my... this I'm this stereotype. Yeah. But, you know, irregardless, it's know. a kill it for just, me. Yeah. What about for you, Katie? It just seemed really not integrated. Every I just need you to give me a chill or kill. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it so much! No, <laughs> Flames, flames on the side of my face, heaving breath. Rest in peace, Madeline Kahn. Um, no, I I have to kill it. I have to kill it. I'm gonna kill it. I'm gonna bring it back to life. I'm gonna kill it again. I'm gonna bring it back to life. I'm gonna kill it a fucking again. I hated it. Like I. And I hated it more because it actually did have, like, talent. Like, you had Bella Thorne there. I mean, okay, whatever. No, I mean, like, no. like <laughs> Bella Thorne served absolutely no purpose in this That's film. what I'm saying. Like, you had somebody there who, you know, can play an effective trope in a horror film. I'm not saying she's winning any fucking Oscars. I mean, no offense, Bella. But, like, you had somebody there who has been, like, in decent horror projects before and you have like the the actress who played B Weaver Weaving Samara she was like really she she had 
like talent. You could see that she was a decent actress. Yeah. But she was just working with a shitty ass script. Like yeah. you had I mean, I, talented people that were on the project. They just and that makes me hate it more because it's like you you had stuff to work with. You clearly had a production budget. You clearly had like yeah. people and you did nothing because your script was so poor. Yeah, and I don't want to I don't want like our reviews on the film to comment like the acting for the most part in the film like the the talent was there. Yeah. Um for a lot of the main characters, I mean there were a few like side characters that I was like eh, but right. for the most part like your main characters were good actors. But it, they were just not in they were the right crippled. Hands. They were absolutely crippled yeah. by the script and the direction and the production design in general. Like they were just crippled, and so that makes me hate it even more because I, you know, I mean, I know what it's like to be an actor on a shit ass project, and you're just like, I'm trying, <laughs> and you know, and as an actor, your face is the one that people are watching and hating. You know, like yeah. So your face is what's on there, and, you know, that's what people are going to remember, and, nah. So, anywho, what are you digging around for? I still have my snacks from last night. Oh, my God. I'm actually kind of proud of you for still having some snacks. All right, well, clearly I'm just I so tired to- of hearing you talk about this damn film. I'm ready for it to be <laughs> over. I'm All ready right. for this fucking episode to be over with. We're 40 minutes in. Clearly, <laughs> we have to go feed the baby. So, um, let us know what you think of the movie. If you want to watch this shit, look, go get you some snacks and get you some good ones. Um, the fucking Hershey's Gold Bar. Can you let me try that for the first time? Mm-hmm. Last night, this goes fuck. So, go try that if you haven't. Um, if you watch the film or if you have seen the film, let us know what you think on social media. We're on Instagram at The Haunted Heart Podcast. We're on Twitter at The Haunted Heart. Uh, and we're on Facebook. We have a Facebook page that you can like to stay up on all the news. Um, and join our Facebook group. It's really cool. It's a closed group. So you don't have to worry about your fam realizing that you a freak. Uh-huh. Uh, but if you just request to join, either uh, Kenny, myself, or a member of our Murder Mod Squad will approve you. We will. So, yeah. And we are still doing our uh, giveaway for the last episode of the show, um, the Lizzie Borden book by Kara Robertson, The Trial of Lizzie Borden. Um, we're still doing that on Instagram and on a Patreon. We had a little bit of a disagreement with Patreon this week. But we're still doing the giveaway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Patreon and I had words. It's true. It's true. <laughs> so we're giving one book away to our Patreon members that we're only gonna um, we're we're only gonna put our Patreon names in a hat and pull out of that. So it's kind of a smaller pot. And then on Instagram, we're giving away uh, four copies of the book. So. Stay up on all that news, booze. And if you do want to check out the Patreon, it's patreon.com slash the haunted heart. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. All right. I think I'm How are your fucking gummy butterflies? Enough gummy ASMR. <laughs> because we know how much they love ASMR. I know, right? Nope, I'm good. Um, so until next time, folks, we hope you have a wonderful Saturday or Sunday or Monday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whatever day you're fucking listening to this bullshit. I hope it's a good one for you. And until next time, stay stay spooky. spooky.